Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. God said it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And as it gets worse, as it becomes like those days, you know that it's coming close. Look up. Be looking up. And so as I see the things happening, I see like, man, they're imposing their will and they're going to make you accept this. And it's like, wow, this is, we're getting there. We're getting where God said it was going to be. And so we need as a church be about the business of evangelizing the world, sharing the gospel, loving on lost people, because time is time is taken on away. When we get into conflict, we don't know how to react. It can be stressful, confusing, frustrating, and oftentimes we don't know where to turn. Today, Pastor Bill wants you to know that God is the answer to your conflicts. When you're in a difficult situation, you can always count on God to get you through and keep you living the life you want to live. Don't let yourself get bogged down by the perils of daily life and let God guide you to be the person you've always wanted to be. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Judges chapter 19 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Sometimes it's actual Christians behind the Christian business, praise the Lord. But I've experienced also some people that were, you know, you look like they were, you know, but they weren't. I, uh, there was a time, I think, when Mika was pregnant with Harmony. Yeah, she had a little Honda Accord. And when you would turn the wheel, it would go click, 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 click. And so she was like, I'm scared to drive it like that. I want to get it fixed. And she's pregnant. And I, I'm like, I'm going to get this fixed. My pregnant wife driving around this clickety-clackety car. I'm going to get it fixed. <laughs> And at my church, somebody said, hey, there's a guy right down the street. He's a believer. You know, he takes care of a lot of people here. And I'm like, going to go see the Christian mechanic. Going to tell me the truth about things. Going to give me a good deal, too, you know. And I went and saw the Christian mechanic. And I, I left the car with them while I went to work. And I came back. And I kid you not. I, you know, it just went click, 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 click. He had a list for me when I got there. And he was like, well, this part here needs to be replaced and this part right here. And I, and I told him when I got there, hey man, I'm wife's pregnant and you know, we're, we're on a small budget so I need to get this fixed as cheap as possible. He had, he had, it was, he had figured out a way to make, this thing was over 700 bucks. And I was like, that it's gonna be continuing to clickety clack. I don't know what to tell you. So then I called my wife's brother and he does a lot of cars. And I said, hey, you, you got a mechanic anywhere over here I can go, I gotta get this car looked at. He sends me to another mechanic now, I kid you not, this is, it's, I'm not exaggerating. These guys inspect her car. I got there after hours. It was after work. They were still there. They're having a beer. And they looked at the car and they said, oh, I know what that is. It's, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's this part right here. You, you know, if you want to bring it back in the morning, I'll get one. I'll get a used part and put it on 60 bucks. And I thought, no way. I, I thought, no, no way. So I, I said, okay, you're on, let's do it. And I kid you not, I took her car back the next day, left it with them while I went to work. They did on the thing. I picked it up. No more clickety-clack. 60 bucks. So I said, well, hold on. I showed them the list. I thought maybe they didn't do it right. Maybe it's going to fall apart on the highway. I said, I said, I went to another mechanic and he gave me this list of things. And the guy looked at my list and said, look, that part doesn't even exist on this model this year. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I went up to that Christian mechanic and I, I beat him up. I'm just kidding. I didn't beat him up. I didn't beat him up. In my mind, I beat him up. Now, I told I told everybody that had ever recommended him, y'all don't ever recommend him again. He, he tried to rip me off. My pregnant wife, I was so offended. But anyway, it's a shame when supposed believers are, are worse than the world. 
Because these were not believers, and they, they did me a solid. They did it cheap. They, and they got me out of there, and they never clickety-clacked again. And so I just, for 60 bucks, I was out the door, you know, labor and use part and all, you know. So I'll never forget that. So moving on. It said, uh, so he, he, he lodged, he went to lodge in this area, verse 12, but his master said to him, we will not turn aside here into this city, but we're going to go on to Gibeah. Verse 13, so he said to his servant, come and let us draw near to one of these places and spend the night in Gibeah or Ramah. And they passed and went their way, and the sun went down on them near Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin. So they finally get into an area that belongs to the people of God. Ah. Oh. Safety. We're in the area of Benjamin. You know, the people of God, they're going to do right by us. Not so. Verse 15. They turned aside to go in to lodge in Gibeah. And when they went in, he sat down in the open square of the city for no one would take them into his house to spend the night. Now, in this time, there was no hotels or anything like that. Uh, the practice of the day was you would go into the open square if you were stuck. And the people, there was a, the, the hospitality code of the people was it, it was your honor, it was your privilege to take someone that was, you know, without a place and you took them in, you lodged them, you fed them, you treated them with great hospitality. And so that was the custom of the day. That was the order. That was, that was a good thing. Uh, we're going to see that some of that custom goes too far. And I'll talk about that when we get to it. But that would have been good. But this is what we see that. The Israelites are so bad that common courtesies aren't even being offered. This guy is out in the open square. He's like, okay, so somebody's going to see us here and, and, and offer us to come and stay and lodge. Nobody came. And they just they stayed out there for some time and nobody was offering them a place to lodge for the night. Verse 16. Just then an old man came in from his work in the field at evening who also was from the mountains of Ephraim. So this guy just so happens to be from the same area that this Levite was from in Ephraim. And he was staying in Gibeah, whereas the, the men of the place were Benjamites. So this guy is staying in the area of the Benjamites, but he's from another area. But, you know, verse 17. And when he raised his eyes, he saw the traveler in the open square of the city. And the old man said, where are you going and where do you come from? And so he said to him, we were passing from Bethlehem and Judah toward the remote mountains of Ephraim. I am from there. I went to Bethlehem and Judah. Now I'm going to the house of the Lord, but there is no one who will take me into his house. Although we have both straw and fodder, got food for our animals and for our donkey. We have bread and wine for ourselves, for your female servant and for the young man who is with your servant. There is no lack of anything. And the old man said, peace be with you. However, let all your needs be my responsibility. Only do not spend the night in the open square. Now, this guy is being hospitable. He says, hey, guys, come to my house. I don't want you to use any of your own. I'm going to feed your animals. I'm going to feed you guys. Come to my house, and I'm going to take care of you guys. Uh, but he says, but just, just don't stay in the open square. And as we read on, it becomes clear. This old man knew. Y'all don't know where y'all are at. Y'all are y'all y'all you don't want to sit out here. And I don't know if you ever had someone that maybe they don't know bad areas and you know you take them to an area. I told you guys when Ben Corson was out here, he was like, dude, take me to the Nickersons, the project. He wanted to go see the projects. And I'm like, well, we just left the airport. It's, it's 9:30. I said, we can't just be moseying on through the project, bro. <laughs> we'll just I just want to see it, you know. And I'm like, okay, well, I said, we're gonna go, I'll take you to see it. We get there. Can we get out? 
No, no, we can't get out, man. No black and a white guy walking through the window. No, we can't get out, man. He's like, well, come on, this is such an adventure. I'm like, bro, you, you don't understand. I said, I'm gonna show you some videos on YouTube of people that walk through here. It's not good, but you don't just you don't just get out with no you, know, you don't with no business to you don't just walk through the Nickersons at night. You know, you don't do that. But he didn't know no better. You know, I, I'm glad I was his tour guide and able to direct him. No, brother, you don't just come hang out here at ten something at night, see what's gonna happen. You know, uh, we'll never get the video to tell what took place. You know, so. This old man says, you, you, guys, you guys don't know where y'all are at. He, when he asks him, where y'all from? Obviously, y'all not from here. Uh, just sitting out in the, in the square like you guys are. So he said, come on to my house. I'm going to take care of you guys. Thankfully, they finally found someone to show him some hospitality. Verse 21. So he brought them. He brought them to, into his house, gave fodder to the donkeys, and they washed their feet, and they ate, and they drank. And as they were enjoying themselves, suddenly... Certain men of the city, perverse men, surrounded the house and beat on the door. They spoke to the master of the house, the old man, saying, bring out the man who came to your house that we may know him carnally. And so anybody remember another story that sounds almost just like this? Lot, right? Sodom and Gomorrah. And this is the connection, right? We're seeing that at this time, the time of the judges, that in the land of Israel, the people of God, they were as bad as the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's what you think about that. These are the people of God that have received the law of God, deliverance from God, all these things that God has done for them, his special people set apart by God. And at this era, the era of the judges, they're as bad as the people in Sodom and Gomorrah in their era, where God said, I, I got to just destroy this place. I mean, this happens in the area where there's the children of God, the children of Israel. These should be believers, but no one's, everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes. They come and they beat on this door and they say, give me the men that are lodging here. Uh, send them out that we may know them carnally. And basic, that, not basically, that, what that means is these are homosexual men that are beating on this door saying, hey, bring out that guy that we may have homosexual relations with him. And I want you to think about the boldness and the debauchery of this that I mean, it'd be like we would be appalled. I would be appalled if, you know, some some female visited my home and someone came to my door and said, hey, man, bring out that girl that came. To you. What? Bring out nobody that came to my door. That would be appalling. I would be more appalled if Andre came to my house and they came beat him up and said, hey, bring out that guy with the red shirt. Bring him out right now. We want we want to have Adam. That'd be more appalling. But. And, you know, I don't, my neighbors aren't believers, but that's, you know, some of them are, but, you know, that would be appalling that that would happen, that things would, 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 would fall to that place. That's where it is here. And this is among the, the people of God, that there's aggressive um, debauchery. It's aggressive, you know. Um, when the Bible says of the last days, it's going to be like the days of Lot. One of the things that I've always marked is as we see the homosexual agenda getting more and more aggressive, you know, we're not asking that you accept us. We're going to make you accept us. Like that's that's what it was. That's we're getting close. We're getting close to what it was like then. So, you know, we pray and we vote and we do what we can. But at the same time, the Bible says we look up because our redemption draws nigh. These things tell us God said it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And as it gets worse, as it becomes like those days. You know that it's coming close. Look up. Be looking up. 
And so as I see the things happening, I see like, man, they're imposing their will and they're going to make you accept this. And it's like, wow, this is, we're getting there. We're getting where God said it was going to be. And so we need as a church be about the business of evangelizing the world, sharing the gospel, loving on lost people because time is time is taken on away. So they bang on the door and they say, bring him out. We want to know him carnally. Verse 23. But the man, the master of the house, went out to them and said to them, no, my brethren, I beg you, do not act so wickedly. Seeing this man has come into my house, do not do not commit this outrage. Now, I got to say this now, because in that culture, it was a really big deal to take care of people that came under your house. I'm going to say that it was too big of a deal. Um, I'm going to say that the Jewish culture of hospitality is taken too far. They go so far as to, to me, this is it. I'm going to be hospitable to people in my house, but they're so hospitable that, you know, what we saw in Lot's day and what we see here is they're going to be so hospitable. We're so concerned about taking care of our guests that they're not even going to take care of the women that are there. His own daughter is offered up. This other young lady, the, the concubine is offered up. And so um, I'll come back to that in a moment just because I, I, I'll have to say some things to the ladies. Um, so he, he told him, no, don't commit this outrage. Don't do this. Verse 24, he says, look, here is my virgin daughter and the man's concubine. Let me bring them out now. Humble them and do with them as you please. But to this man, please do not do such a vile thing. And so obviously, if you're a woman, that's offensive. I have daughters, right? I can't think of a scenario where I'm going to offer up my daughter. I'm supposed to die before you get to my daughters or my wife or my sons or my anybody with my last name. You know, it's like that's um, so I look at this and I think in the culture of that day, the honorable thing to do is take care of the guests. And in that culture, they didn't honor women. They didn't value women. Now, they didn't not value women because God wanted it that way. It was wrong. For you guys that are with us on Sunday mornings, we just covered in Galatians. What did God say through Christ? There's neither male nor there's neither, you know, uh, Jew nor Greek, you know, slave nor free and male nor female. We're all one in Christ. There's an equality about us. And so Jesus really put an end to that, that. In their culture, even in the culture of the New Testament, women were not regarded properly. Um, you know, the Jewish custom was if they had a son, they said with the, when, when the woman was pregnant and they, they didn't have ultrasounds to find out what it was going to be before. You know, all these, you know, baby reveal balloons and such that y'all be doing today. You know, they didn't have none of that. You, they, you were there. There was a and they said this is what they would do. They would have a party set up. Uh, that if there were a male child, they, were, they would go into a week-long celebration. And so they'd be there, and everybody's ready to party, and the woman's there, and it's going to have the baby, and the baby comes out, it's a girl. They just would pack it all up, and it wouldn't be a celebration. And I know that sounds horrible and awful. It, it was the reality of that day. It was wrong. It was not God's heart. But, and this is where I say that there can be things that are culturally acceptable, and the cultural norms that don't line up with God's expectation or heart or desire. And so as the people of God, we have to be careful how much of the culture impacts how we live, how we view things, how we see things. Uh, here's another example. In our culture today, because people are so selfish and greedy for stuff, 
You get a couple get married and have two kids. How many kids you got? Oh, is that, that going to be it? Is that gonna be, that's enough, right? That's a, just two is enough, right? You let a couple start like, like we have at our church. Let a couple have number two, number three, number four, number five. You know, it's like, stop this. The, the world is saying, like, this is, that's too much. Stop. But what does the Bible say? I just sent the verse out to my buddy Marcus, had a baby today. It's first, you know, that the children are a blessing from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Like, I'm going to say what God says about it. It's a blessing. Praise the Lord. You got another blessing, right? That's what the Bible says about it. But what does culture say? Oh, no. Uh, uh, oh, are, are, are you, oh, another one? Ooh, that, that's, that's how people behave, even some Christians. And it's like, man, what the Bible How are you going to act like that about a blessing? If you got five hundred dollars in your account, you wouldn't say, oh, "Where did that? Oh my goodness, another one!" You wouldn't say that, you know. <laughs> like, this is a life for goodness' sake, you know. This is this is a, a life that you can bear your image, and you know, you get the disciple and everything else. So, we want to be very careful how heavily we are impacted by culture and society. In this room, there are different cultures: black, Hispanic, white. You know, there's some male. I don't even know. Um, and I'm, you know, in the midst of that, right? There's in in those in those different cultures, unique things that are about those cultures. Be careful when the culture conflicts with Christ. What's got to go? Culture out the door. My my culture is Jesus. That my identity is wrapped up in Jesus. So we might grow up in a certain culture. This is how we grew up. Okay, now now I'm saved. I've grown up, overgrown up. You know. I may have been raised a certain way, taught certain things, seen it practiced this way, seen it believed this way, done this way. But now I know Jesus. Now the spirit of God lives in me. Now the word of God is my direction. And so where culture conflicts with Christ, I'm, I roll with Christ. When culture conflicts with the word of God, I'm going to go with the word of God. And we want to be very careful about that because as I look at what this guy does, just like what they did in launch day to say, here's my virgin daughter. I'm looking and thinking, what a precious thing. You have a daughter. She's been kept. She's a virgin. She's pure. You know, that, that's, a, that's like to be protected and covered and loved and saved. Like, this is my baby. You know, we're saved. She's being saved for, for marriage and whatever else God has for her one day. I mean, there should be, I should, you should be willing to step in front, die, kill, whatever, to protect that. He says, here, have her. And, and this guy's concubine, her too. Take care. Here's women. These guys weren't even interested in the women, first of all. Lots offered up his women. They were like, no, we don't want them. We want him. In this case, the, now the guy offered up his daughter and the concubine, but we see, we'll see that they only, he ended up only, he only put, he threw the concubine out and then kept his daughter inside. So uh, <laughs> there's more we can say about that, but let, let's, let's continue on. Uh, verse 25, but the men would not heed him. So the man took his concubine and brought her out to them. And they knew her, they knew her and abused her all night until morning. And when the day began to break, they let her go. And so, first of all, it says that this guy, he went all this way to get her back. So he he took a concubine, set up a wife. She cheated on him, went back to her dad's house. He went all the way back to her dad's house to get her. Now he's going all the way back with her. And, and now that you know, people have come, they want him. He says, here, he puts her out. He puts her out the door. That says something about him. Right. Um, to save his own butt, literally, you know, he puts out this woman. I, it's, it's, it's in the Bible. Y'all read it. Y'all just read it. To save himself, he puts her out. So I would just say about that. Right. <laughs> we, forgive me. 
we we should never be willing to put others at risk to preserve ourselves, particularly those that are that are that are you know if you're a man, um, I just believe that as a man, that women and children should be covered and protected by a man. All the men said. I hope y'all know it and believe it. So if women or children are around you and something pops off as a man, you better not be put your wife out there, put kids out front. You know, there's a man that you step up and they, that. All right. This is where this is when you get to be a man. This is where this is where men do man stuff. You know, you, you put the kids and get back up, get back over there. You you go out and handle it. You know, if, if it's a weird noise at night, I hope you brothers ain't saying, did you hear that, babe? <laughs> you go see what that is, you know. <laughs> if, if I bet not ever hear, I bet not never hear that that's how it's going down. That's when the guys get up and, and you go. You know, I'm, I'm teaching my son. You know, my my daughter's she got a thing about spiders, and she dead, she acts like you you if you see a spider, the screams and the noises that you hear, you think. There's a burglar in my house. There's a there's a man in my house with with weapons or something. And, and it's just it, I said, basically, Daddy Longleg, it's the one spider that can't even bite you, you know. And and she don't get it. I can't. No, I'm like I try to make her do it before she's she won't. So I'm training up BJ. BJ, this is this is man time. Get you a get you a slipper if you really want to gross them out. What I do, I walk in there with my bare hand. I just smush them up and I leave it for them to clean. No, you clean it. You know they want me to clean it up. Well, I send BJ now. Go in there and smack that thing and just take care of it for, for the ladies. Don't you be screaming and screaming shit like the ladies do. And I tell them, I said, son, these are man lessons, you know. Now go get that spider, you know. So it's just sad here that they put the women out like that, that they don't have regard for them. They don't honor them. Uh, there's no thought to protect them. They say, look, if this them or us, then put them out to save ourselves. And so this guy puts her out. To save himself, verse 26 now, it says, um, oh, I'm sorry, I, I left this out in verse 22 because I thought it was interesting. When it said that these the men of the city came out, perverted, it said perverted men. In the old King James, it says sons of Bilal. In the Old Testament, the son of Bilal could be, it could be son of a non-believer. In the New Testament, the, the name Bilal is linked to Satan. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 6.15, you know, Paul, when explaining what does light and darkness have to do with it, he says, what does Christ or Bilal have to do with each other? And Satan is called Bilal. What part is a believer with a non-believer? And so, you know, we see that they've come out to, to do these things. And uh, this guy puts the concubine out, uh, doesn't protect her, leaves her out there. Now, verse 26. Then the woman came. I'm sorry. Then the woman came as the day was dawning. And fell down at the door of the man's house while her master was where her master was till it was light. So they abused her all night, it says. And eventually she must have got away. And it's really a sad picture. And I'm sorry. It just it's here. We're reading it. But she just like she crawls to the door, just lays there. Uh, we're going to see that she actually passes away from the abuse. Verse 27, when, when her master arose in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way. There was his concubine falling at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. And a couple of things really troubled me here. It said, when her master arose in the morning, I'm thinking, did he go to sleep? <laughs> like, now I'm, not, I'm just thinking, how horrible is that? That while this is happening to a human being, someone that you supposedly cared, cared enough for to go travel and get her, you just, you know, I don't know if he slept 
or if he laid down. But I'm just looking at that thing, and that's horrible. When he arose in the morning, you know, like okay, I'm, I'm, you know, we got we got rid of him, and he relaxed or whatever. That just says something about the. I, I know non-believers, you guys, that are better people than this. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Buffington with a transforming word. We know you didn't have to come today to hear from the book of Judges. You could have easily switched channels or moved on with your day, doing other things. But you did choose to tune in, and for that, we're grateful. A Transforming Word is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood in Los Angeles, California. If you found these messages helpful and encouraging, why not listen to more? You can find these teachings at calvaryinglewood.org. Just look under the teaching tab. You can also download our mobile app to have these messages with you wherever. Another resource on our website is a daily Bible reading plan that might interest you. You'll also find links to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So head over to calvaryinglewood.org for all the information you need. And if you still haven't found what you're looking for, just call or text us. Our number is 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. As you can see, we have many ways to help you connect with God throughout your week. If you're wondering about a way you could contribute to the ministry here at A Transforming Word, we greatly value your prayers and financial support if you feel led to do so. On CalvaryInglewood.org, you'll find a Give tab that helps you know how to proceed. Thank you for your support. We hope you come back here next time as you quickly notice the effects of A Transforming Word.